coach in the UK, doesn't know the sport, but his leadership is exemplary and he understands how to empower people. And he just always looks for the good. You can never appreciate and acknowledge somebody enough. Just keep doing it. Keep working on it. We're always going to have the critiques. Great leaders, they see what needs to be done. They're always going to have the critiques. So just keep working on that appreciation and acknowledgement. Do you want to learn effective ways to build relationships, generate sales, and grow your business from successful entrepreneurs, startups, and CEOs without listening to a long, long, long interview? If so, you've come to the right place. Gresham Harkness values your time and is ready to share with you precisely the information you're in search of. This is the I Am CEO Podcast. Hello, hello, hello. This is Gresh from the I Am CEO Podcast. I have a very special guest on the show today. I have Lee Povey of Maximize Your Potential Coaching. Lee, excited to have you on the show. Gresham, wonderful to meet you. Uh, wonderful to be on your show. And as I said, you offline, I love the t-shirt. <laughs> Absolutely. I appreciate that. Uh, and it said they brought it back a little nostalgia. And uh, I definitely hopefully it uh, it does that. So um, before we jumped into the interview, I went to read a little bit more about Lee so you can hear about all the awesome things that he's doing and all the th- reasons that I love all the awesome work that he's doing. So Lee is a CEO and founder of Maximize Your Potential Coaching, as well as the co-founder of Coach's Soul. As a previous elite cycling athlete and Olympic developmental uh, program coach for USA Cycling and from coaching hundreds of world, national, and Olympic champions, Lee understands the importance of world-class leadership. Additionally, Lee has experienced the challenges and financial rewards of business ownership as a real estate corporate manager and eventually the owner of his own real estate firm. Today, Lee provides transformational executive leadership coaching, facilitates leadership groups, and offers workshops for CEOs, founders of startups, and sports coaches through his two companies. His mission is to empower and support leaders, executives, and elite coaches in achieving their leadership and life goal potential. Lee, again, excited to have you on the show, my friend. Are you ready to speak to the IMCO community? I am. Let's get it started then. So to kind of kick everything off, I wanted to go uh, a little bit farther back. I don't know as far as his shirt, but I wanted to rewind the clock, hear a little bit more on how you got started when I call your CEO story. It could actually go back to a shirt, funny enough. My <laughs> mom go. bought me a t-shirt when I was young. I don't know if you remember the No Fair brand. And they had a t-shirt doesn't play well with others. Ah, and my mum bought me this T-shirt when I was young. <laughs> and um, the point of it was I was always very smart and I wasn't necessarily well. at uh, I wasn't necessarily good at using that smartness in combination with others. So that uh, that evolved me um, doing pretty well in the corporate world, as you said, in a corporate real estate agency, cockily thinking I could do it better and start my own real estate business and from my mid-20s, I worked for myself. Uh, and since then, I've spent the rest of the time learning how to really work well with others. And that's kind of been my leadership journey and now how I can teach other people to work well with others. Because frankly, buddy, I messed it up so many times. I got it wrong so many times. So my journey is one of making all of the mistakes so I can help other people maybe make a few less. I absolutely love that. And I love how everything, you know, started to see was playing with the t-shirt. And um, <laughs> I'm I'm such a believer in kind of, you know, binaries where, you know, I feel like in order to experience good, you have to, you know, go through bad. And sometimes to experience a great job, you have to have a really bad job. And it sounds like not being able to play well with others is kind of catapult you into the ability to be able to empower people to do that. 
Yeah. When I think of my own sporting career, it helped me be um, an awesome coach because I wasn't as good as my peers. So, I mean, I was good. Don't don't get me wrong. I wasn't an awful athlete. I was good, but I was that two or 3% off the very most gifted. So I had to think about what I was doing so much more than them and analyze it so much more. So then when I became a coach, I understood the sport better than the more gifted athletes because they just did it. They got a bike and they could just ride faster than me. I'm trying to figure out every little marginal gain area to be as quick as them. And that's even been the same as I started competing again as a master's athlete, 35 plus, and eventually won national titles and medal got world titles, won European championships against what I believe more gifted opponents because I had to outthink them. So I had to outrace them, outprepare them, and outthink them with the training. Yeah, I appreciate you sharing that. And you hear that so many times where you try to realize, like, if somebody's the most gifted athlete in the world and, you know, whatever sport it might be, you almost act they're always going to be the best. But it's that mental aspect. It's the tenacity. I think it's the desire to kind of understand the nuances and put in the work that I think obviously translates in, in sports we see. But I think it translates in so many aspects of, of life as well. Completely. And this is why I've moved into executive and leadership coaching. There's such a big crossover between the two worlds, and I'm taking this information backwards and forwards. So, you know, what are what are leaders and CEOs of companies need help with? A lot of it is learning um, how to handle pressure. Well, athletes are awesome at that, and I've got a lot of experience around that. Learning how to look after themselves physically so that they can emotionally perform well. And then the biggest part of the work that I do, and this is, I think, what sets my work apart from say a consultant so a consultant comes into a company and says here's all the things you need to change to do better and then they leave the problem is what they don't address is the reason why the company wasn't already doing that and a lot of that is the personal emotional baggage for want of a better term of the leaders of the company you know you might have a leader that struggles to fire people and therefore can't get the right people in to do the jobs Um, You might have a leader who's brilliant, but can't communicate their message. They're either shy or introverted or just not very good at communicating verbally uh, or motivating people. So the work I do is look at how companies could be better, but we start with what's your stuff that's getting in the way? And we call it your survival mechanism. So this is the shield that you've put on as you've gone through life. So to get through your family system, to get through school, to get through all the different jobs you've done to this point. And my job is to help you unpack that and get rid of that and just turn up as you are. Because if you're running a company, you're already a brilliant human being. Um, And it's helping people to start trusting that, trusting their judgment, be open to feedback, know what feedback to take, what feedback to put the hand up and go, thank you very much. I'm not going to take that one on board. And just being so much more confident and comfortable in themselves. And it's really deep work. You know, we get into within some interesting spaces in this work. Yeah, that, that's so powerful. And I, I think that, you know, when we we first connected and talked offline, I thought that was so, you know, powerful, the work that you did. And, and you know, I, I love sports and love the 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 mental as much as the physical and all of that. That's why I love the work that you do, because I, I've always felt like there was a crossover. And I love that you see and hear the same way in the work that you do. And each of those three aspects is, is, is powerful, you know, that you mentioned, that you outlay, that you work with clients, but it almost sounds like that 
um, I guess, working through the, the stuff is somewhat of the foundational thing, it sounds like, where those survival mechanisms can kind of come up. Absolutely. And if you don't do that work, it doesn't matter what leadership skills training courses you go on, what books you read, what podcasts you listen to, your stuff's just going to keep getting up in the way. Um, so that's where the real gold is. And um, it, it's more about who you be rather than what you do. So, so many people are focused on what I do, right? What do I do? How many hours do I work? How good are I, uh, am I at uh, organizing my calendar so I'm the most efficient human being? Their stuff's still going to get in the way. Their judgments, their worries, their fears, their stories. So, so a good one we explore with, um, with everybody, but especially leaders is stories. So an example of that, if somebody texts you and says, we need to speak, you know, what do you think when you get a text that says we need to speak? Something that's going to be bad and probably I don't want to hear it. <laughs> exactly. Right. So that's a common experience for most people. They get that text. We need to speak. Oh, my God. What have I done wrong? Why is this person angry with me? The text doesn't say that. It just says we need to speak. And then from there, we create a story about the potential and possibilities that might happen because we we move into fear. We're, we're kind of capping our potential, capping that opportunity for us to, to kind of be our authentic and sometimes our best selves, you know, by doing that. So I think it's so powerful, um, all the work that you do. So I, I wanted to, to make sure we touched on the different ways that you work with your clients. I know I touched on it when I read your bio. I just want to make sure we didn't miss anything and cover everything. And of course, I think we talked about your, about your secret sauce as well, too, and, and you being able to kind of I think touch on and understand that human aspect of business and make sure that you aren't kind of glossing over that to, to when you're you're helping to empower your clients. The deeper work that we do, and I'm not the only person that does this. There's many great coaches that do this kind of work. Um, my one is I've done the journey. So I've done it both. I've had my own businesses. Um, I've sold two companies. And um, I've done elite sport and I've coached elite sport. So I've really worked in very high pressure um, environment. You know, being at a world championships is pretty high pressure environment, both as an athlete and, and coaching athletes at it. Although, interestingly, um, it's also one of the most fun environments. Absolutely. You know, I appreciate that. And um, I wanted to uh, switch gears a little bit. And I want to ask you for what I call a CEO hack. And you might have already touched on this, but this could be like an app, a book, or a habit that you have. But what's something that makes you more effective and efficient? So the first one is a really simple exercise I got from a book called Feel the Fear and Do It Anyway. A little bit of a clunky title put me off reading it for six months. When I read it, I'm like, why did I not read this sooner? Such a good book. And it's called a nine box exercise. And what you do is you divide your life into nine boxes. So you put a title in each box. So it can be romantic relationship, friendships, work, career, hobbies. And then under the title, you fill it with what does that box mean to you and what do you need to do? And when I do this work with people, I really encourage them to make each box very separate. If there's any crossover, combine it and then put something in a different box. And the other thing from this is if your career's not going well, or let's say you've broken up with your romantic partner, you can look at this thing and go, well, I've got nine, I've got eight other areas of my life to lean into. So one box is empty right now. I have eight other areas of my life to lean into. My life is not empty. And then the other one is a concept called above and below the line. This really describes the work I do. So below the line is your emotional response to any situation. Somebody cuts you off when you're driving down the road in your car. Most of us have an emotional response to that. You know, 
we get angry. We might swear at them. We might flip the bird at them. We have an emotional response. And then above the line is, what would I like to choose to do now? So now if somebody cuts me off in a car, I feel my anger. Why do I feel my anger? Well, because I was scared for a second because I don't want to die. And, you know, somebody getting close to you, you have that initial fear and then it moves to anger, right? I'm angry at you for putting me in fear. And then the next stage is, how can I give this person grace? Instead of having the story of this person is doing this to me, how can I just accept it's happened? It's got nothing to do with me. It's about them. They could be rushing to the hospital to see a sick relative. They could have just got fired and be in an emotional state. They could just not be paying attention right now. It's got nothing to do with me. So how can I have grace for them? And we can take this above and below the line into everything we do in the world. And the thing I'd like people to take from this is we will always have a below the line reaction to start with, even if it's for a microsecond in any kind of stress or triggering situation or challenging situation, the emotional response. The emotional response is normal. We need to feel it. Don't ignore it. I teach people emotions and data. What does an emotion tell me? Yeah, I appreciate you breaking that down. And Studies continually show us that humans get their greatest satisfaction from helping others and being of service to others. Giving gifts gives us much more satisfaction than receiving gifts. Yeah, that, that's so powerful. I almost wonder if that's kind of like the, the your CEO nugget. So is, is that how you would define like what it means to be a CEO? And our goal is to have different quote unquote CEOs on the show. So is, you know, being a leader, being able to provide that, you know, goal started to provide that leadership. Do you feel like that what is being a CEO mean to you? One, meeting the people you work with. And you said this just now, where they are. The greatest sports coaches I've worked with, that's exactly how they work. The best CEOs that I work with, they're constantly thinking, how do I meet this person to get the most out of them? Not, how do I make this person understand me? They're like, how do I understand that person and be on their level? Whatever it is, how do I change myself to be effective for them? And then the other one is, keep looking for the good. I have a sticker on my computer that says, be Ted Lasso, look for the good. You know, for those of you who haven't seen Ted Lasso, the show, probably the best leadership training show you could watch. The guy is just absolutely fantastic. Series on Apple TV about a uh, American football coach that becomes a soccer coach in the UK. Doesn't know the sport, but his leadership is exemplary and he understands how to empower people. And he just always looks for the good. You can never appreciate and acknowledge somebody enough. Just keep doing it. Keep working on it. We're always going to have the critiques. Great leaders, they see what needs to be done. They're always going to have the critiques. So just keep working on that appreciation and acknowledgement. Absolutely appreciate that definition. And of course, I appreciate your time even more. So what I want to do now is pass you the mic, so to speak, just to see if there's anything additional that you can let our readers and listeners know. And of course, how best people could get a hold of you, find about all the awesome things that you're working on. Thank you, mate. Uh, come find me, Maximize Your Potential Coaching on all of the social media channels and LinkedIn. Um, do your work. Do your work. It's okay to have a coach. It's okay to have a therapist. It's okay to be in groups. Do your work. I wouldn't be living uh, on an apartment with a sea view in California with you know a, a great wife and wonderful relationship if I'd not done my work. I would be bitter and unhappy and still thinking it was about what I was achieving rather than what I was experiencing. So don't be afraid to do your work. 
I absolutely love that. And to make it even easier, we're going to have the links and information in the show notes. And I love that last aspect about doing the work. And I think doing that work means a lot of times delving deeper and having those conversations, getting people that have the expertise like yourself to, to really, you know, have that magnifying glass and actually understand, you know, what we're doing, but also why we're doing it, which is probably even more important. So thank you so much again, Lee. And I hope you have a phenomenal rest of the day. Thank you, brother. Great to meet you. Thank you for listening to the I Am CEO podcast powered by CB Nation and Blue 16 Media. Tune in next time and visit us at imceo.co. I Am CEO is not just a phrase, it's a community. Be sure to follow us on social media and subscribe to our podcast on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Google Podcasts, and everywhere you listen to podcasts. Subscribe and leave us a five-star rating. This has been the I Am CEO Podcast with Gresham Harkless Jr. Thank you for listening.